Experience worship. True worship. Experience the word. Bringing you wholeness. Experience the warmth of fellowship. Experience wholeness at Lighthouse. Join us every Sunday and Wednesday at the Lighthouse. House 7, Plot 2 Stroke 3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. Visit our website at www.lighthousengine.org or contact us at info at lighthousengine.org. The Lighthouse, lighting your pathway to destiny. In Jesus' precious name, we have worship and give thanks this morning. And the people of God say, Behind you, by your side, there are one, two, three people you want to say good morning to this morning. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Everyone online, good morning. Thank you for joining in our service today. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Church, how was your week? Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. I want to continue our teaching this morning series. I titled this The Local Church. The Local Church. Last week we, we looked at the church family. But this week uh, I, I just believe that God wants us to understand some basic truth about the local church. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 to 25. You have me display it in NKJV first. Then we go to Amplify Classics. And then I go to CJB. CJB, I will read from my phone. It said, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which is consecrated for us, through the veil that is his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Is that? Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exalting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. Amplify classic, please, the same verses. Thank you. Therefore, brethren, since we have full freedom and confidence to enter into the Holy of Holies, by the power and virtue in the blood of Jesus, by this fresh, new, and living way which he initiated and dedicated and opened for us, 
through the separating curtain veil of the Holy of Holies, that is through his flesh. And since we have such a great and wonderful and noble priest who rules over the house of God, let us all come forward and draw near with true, honest, and sincere hearts in unqualified assurance and absolute conviction engendered by faith, by that leaning of the entire human personality on God in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness, having our hearts sprinkled and purified from a guilty, evil conscience, and our bodies cleansed with pure water. So let us cease and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess, and our acknowledgement of it, for he who promised is reliable, sure, and faithful to his word. For he who promised is reliable, sure, and faithful to his word. Verse 24. And let us consider and give attentive, continuous care for, to watching over one another, studying how we may stir up and stimulate and incite to love and helpful deeds of noble and noble activities. Verse 25, not forsaking or neglecting to assemble together as believers as it is, as is the habit of some people, but admonishing, warning, urging, and encouraging one another all the more faithfully as we see his day approaching. I will read from um, the sea. Oh, okay, let me read something first. Um, yeah, let me read from CJB. CJB says, Now, said CJB 10, 10 um, 19 says, So, brothers, we have confidence to use the way. Well, let me read from verse 17. Then he has. And their sins and their wickedness I will remember no more. Now where there is forgiveness for this, an offering for sin is no longer needed. So brothers, we have confidence to use the way into the holiest space. Opened by the blood of Yeshua, he inaugurated it for us, a new and living way, to the parochets by means of his flesh. We also have a great coin over God's household. Therefore, let us approach the holiest place with a sincere heart and the full assurance that comes from trusting with our hearts sprinkled clean from a bad conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us continue holding fast to the hope we acknowledge without wavering, for the one who made this promise is trustworthy. Let us keep paying attention to one another in order to spur each other unto love and good deeds, not neglecting our congregational meetings as some have made a practice of doing, but rather encouraging each other. Let us do this all the more as you see the day approaching. May the Lord bless that reading and hearing of this word in our hearts this morning, in Jesus' name. So the church, like we said last week, is not a building. 
The church is not a Monday service to attend or Sunday morning service to attend. The church is a group called Ecclesia. They call out one. We are called out of darkness into light. We are called out of death into life. We are called out of sickness into health. We are called out of confusion into hope, into direction. So the church is a worldwide gathering of those who have been redeemed by Jesus Christ, who trust in his saving work on the cross and then proclaim his resurrection from the dead. That means we cannot do church on our own. The church is a, a body of believers. And ecclesia, ecclesia means call out. Sia means a, like a body, assembly of people. We have a new nature. So we are here this morning um, from different walks of life. What brought us in this room this morning or in this building where we, can, we have dedicated a place to meet? Because that's what building does for church. It's just to strengthen that congregation of believers. Before we got here, is already here because we have dedicated this place. We cleaned up the space. So that's why it's a building separated for an art of worship. But the church is not the building. The church is the believers from every nation, from every race who have been redeemed. That's our common denominator. We were redeemed at your new birth. I mean, you follow through Romans 10. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you confess with your mouth that God raised him from the dead, he said, you will be saved. He said, with the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We have confessed. So whether you live here to Skanskastun um, or whatever, or to Somalia, and you see a body of believers gather like this, you can join yourself to them to make the church in that local environment. Can I have an amen this morning? You know, we use certain words. I just want to put clarity. Maybe English because it's limited. Like maybe this morning, I can say you are welcome to his presence. Is that? But technically, you are his presence. You are his presence. What we have done, you carry that presence into this place. I carry that presence into this place. And then we dedicate segment in worship. And so there was a free manifestation of himself because he said, we are two or three are gathered together in my name. There I am in the midst of them. We could have carried this place as it is to Sheraton. We would still have the same experience. We would have carried it to the open feet. We would still have the same experience. Because we are the carrier of God's presence. We are the temple of God's presence. We are habitation of God by His Spirit. Can I have an amen this morning? So you can do church 24-7 every day of the week. Because you carry his presence. You can do praise worship. You can study the word. You can feel the anointing. You can minister because you are the carrier. But 
hey, what we did is to designate a place where believers that belong to this local assembly meet together. So when we say things like, you are welcome to his presence, it's as if in people's mind that that presence is in a location. Praise God. I I believe I'm not confusing you. Yeah. So it's just that we must come to a place of understanding. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God dwells in us. That's his promise. We are his habitation. Can I have an amen this morning? So, we can't do church on our own. We may have fellowship in regular worship, service, prayer, study of the world, but it's with people whom the Lord God has called. So a church is a gathered people, an ecclesia. It's not just a place. And the gathered people exist because Jesus is their high priest. I mean, from our test this morning, he made a way for us. He gave us access. I mean, these things we do even in the place of prayer. Paul was writing to the Hebrews believer. He said, let us come boldly. There is an access. Jesus made this access possible. When we come in that unison, when we gather in that body, in Hebrews 4, 16, it says, there in that atmosphere, let me use the word atmosphere, in that atmosphere, we can obtain his mercy, and then we can find grace. This morning, earlier in the prayer school, we were made to join our hands. And you see, that's where I'm going this morning. That's why you can't miss church. The worship this morning, if you are watching online, God bless you. But it's not as real as it is. The feeling that you have, that you have people praying around you, the feeling that you have, that you have people lifting up their holy hands around you, is strong enough to minister to you. Sometimes you start out, you don't have any song. But as you see that atmosphere, it's very contagious because it's an atmosphere of joy. It's an atmosphere of peace. It's an atmosphere of hunger and thirst. It becomes contagious. Whatever it's overwhelming to you, you release yourself to the Holy Spirit to do a work, to service you, like we say. It's a service. To service you, to give you a renewed hope, not a PC hope. To give you a hope and the future, it's renewed. That vision of God is rekindled in your heart to carry on, to walk. You are a pilgrim here on the earth. You are making progress. So when we gather, we bring our different supplies. And that becomes a blessing to someone. Can I have an Amen. Paul writing concerning what looks like church service in 1 Corinthians 14, 26. He said, when you gather, someone has a song. Someone has a song. Someone has a hymn. Someone has a psalm. Sometimes all you need in a congregation like this is just somebody's want. I say, I believe in you. I believe in you. You know, sometimes... That's all we need in some of these discussions. Somebody to believe in us. Somebody to affirm the grace of God over our lives. And if you can get that, 
during conversation. It might even be conversation in the car park. That's why he said, no forsaking, no forsaking, no forsaking, no neglecting, not abandoning. I'm not preaching against virtual services, but the truth is that some of the things that COVID has also done for us, it has taken us to the other extremes. The believers in the heart of the apostle, they always gather together in homes. It's when the homes can contain them that they were looking for places like this. But the main key is that they fellowship, they share what they have in common. And I have an amen today. Just need to put that out. So, why does the church in the mind of God, why does it exist? Number one, to celebrate Jesus' victory. So when we gather, that's what we are doing. We are celebrating Jesus' victory. Whether in the home, whether in the offices, those who do lunch, our fellowship, we are celebrating Jesus' victory over sin, over death, and the consequences. So when we pick songs, you, you see those songs. Their, their, their lyrics are saying something that we are overcomers, over poverty, over sickness, over defeat. That's why in Matthew 16, 18, the owner of the church says, I will build my church. So God established the church. God is keeping the church. And God will glorify himself through his church. He will build his church. He's the sustainer of his church. I mean, persecution has come from generation to generation. The church is still standing. Because it is not human idea. It is God. God desired fellowship. And if you can't do it on your own, he also desired it to do it in the midst of other people because God is we. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And then his people. He has angels. God is not a loner. God doesn't operate in isolation. Anywhere you see the miraculous, the, the Trinity is actively at work. Praise God. So when we gather, whether in fellowship, whether in anything, number one thing is to celebrate Jesus' victory. Number two, to share the gospel of our Lord Jesus. To share the gospel. I'm preaching now. I'm preaching the good news. That's what the gospel means. To share it. Someone's testimony can become good news in a, in a congregation like this. That God is able to do exceedingly. If I stretch that from the beginning of the service to the end of the service, someone will be blessed through that. So it's to preach the gospel. To preach the gospel. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the power of God unto salvation, unto deliverance, unto victory to everyone who believes. So when we gather, we don't talk philosophy. We preach the gospel. What is the gospel to the poor? That God will prosper the work of your hands. What is the gospel to the sinner? That you don't have to sin anymore. The sacrifice for sin has been made. What is the gospel to the rich person who doesn't seem in need God? There is joy. There is love. There is peace. There is fulfillment. There is no depression. There is no, anti uh, um, what is it called? That? The common sickness of the rich. 
You can enjoy your money and still live in good health. That's the good news to the rich. A lot of people who don't have Jesus who are rich, they are afraid. The good news is that God has not given us the spirit of fear. The good news is that the blessings of the Lord makes rich. And every rich person wants to hear that. Anything that will make them more rich. Can I have an amen this morning? So to share the gospel. Some of the things I'm sharing this morning, you see a colleague who will have an issue this week, and you can share. What is the gospel? The gospel is the gospel. The good news that Jesus saves. The good news that Jesus heals. The good news that Jesus delivers. I, I, love, I love this. John 3, 16. I just love verses 17 and 18. That's the gospel. Nobody needs to go to hell. He said, for God so loved the world. John 3, let's read. Let's read 16, 17, 18. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever, 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 whoever believes in him should not perish but have endless life. A life filled with possibilities. A life that does not wane in strength. It's from one glory to another. He said, I love 17 and 18. He said, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn. Everybody in the world who is outside Jesus, they are living under guilt and condemnation. So the good news is that God did not send his son to the world, to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And the good news is that you can believe. So you are not under any condemnation. And who does not believe is condemned already. And people will say, oh, how do you know? I didn't say, the word of God says it. You have it. And there is something about the gospel in every human being, because there is a spiritual vacuum, it responds to life. The gospel is life. So to share the gospel. Number three, to manifest the presence of Jesus to our world. To manifest. We have rejoiced, we have danced this morning. We can't even compare it. They are not on the same thing. It's not memes. You can't get this kind of experience in United Nations Assembly. You can't get it in a club. They don't sell it there. You can't get it getting high because you are in the, in, the, in the midst of the most high God. You carry that presence. You can't get it. It's not, it's not a temporary experience. I don't know how to explain it, but you know what I'm talking about? See, if your Christianity to you is still not genuine, just keep, keep reading the word. Keep, keep, keep yourself in the midst of God's people. It's authentic. It's very, very authentic. He's the way, the truth. There's no need to search. He's the way, the truth, and the life. There is no problem. Whether created by natural things, whether created by men, women born or women, 
there is no problem that can mesmerize him. To manifest the presence. And when the presence comes, ah, things change you. When you see that presence manifest, it changes things. It changes things. Sometimes, with tears in people's faces, they can see clearly. It changes the narrative of things. Number three, four, opportunity to use the gift of God in you. That's why God created this church. Opportunity to use. Every believer has a God-planned part of his work that we must do together. In Romans chapter 12, if you read verses 3 to 8, Romans 12, verses 3 to 8, Say, for I say through the grace given to me to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly. The Bible did not say we should not think of ourselves, but he said more highly than we ought to think. That's what he said. He said, but to think so, badly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Verse 4, for as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function, so we be many, we are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Let's see how it manifests. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion of to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministry. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So the church provides that platform for us to use our God-embedded gifts, talents, opportunity. I mean, opportunity to not only be a blessing to yourself, be a blessing to your family, be a blessing to your local church community, opportunity to also be a blessing wherever you find yourself. Every one of us has a word to speak to someone who is weary. If we will really understand the essence of this thing. And then opportunity to do life together with others. That's what the church offers. Opportunity to do lives together with others. The life of God should not be lived alone. There's, you can't convince me. You cannot. I mean, the more I watch this animal planet now, the more I realize it. A single animal on its own does not make do with anything in the, in the, white, in the white life. They work in company. A lion as powerful as it is, if he's isolated, he will be killed cheaply. The same thing, elephant. All of them, the more I watch it, the more I realize that teamwork, the more I realize that there is covering. As a matter of fact, I watched one yesterday. It was a crocodile wanting to mess up with a deer. So he already grabbed the thing to drag him. And no, 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 crocodile and elephant. So he grabbed the trunk of the elephant. And out of it, nowhere, one elephant just showed up and stood on the crocodile. I understand. I, I checked it up. That's about 20 tons or so. That weight. The crocodile does not have any option but to let go. Just let go. And stood there. And of course, I think wherever he stepped on it, it's for the thing to lose breath. And he now used that same trunk and flung the thing out of water completely. So we can't. There is strength. I may be weak this morning, but coming in, 
seeing your faces, there is strength. That's how God designed his church. Even if you have revelation, revelation that all of us don't know. The Bible says that you even submit it to elders. Submit it. Even prophecy say when you are prophesying, make sure somebody else is listening for proper interpretation. That's the way God designed his church. Can I have an amen today? The life of God should not be lived alone. Like a branch that grows on a tree, we can only thrive when we stay connected to the main branch. What are the benefits of being a member of a local church? What are the benefits? Number one, you grow spiritually in your intimacy with God. You grow, you grow, you grow, you grow. I was saying on Wednesday that in the natural, if a child advances in age and is maintaining the same weight and is maintaining the same outlook, the parents are concerned. I said it's the same way. Some believers are in church for years. They have the same weight. They're not growing. They're not opening themselves to the Holy Spirit to do a word. They're not allowing the word of God. And I know that God, who is the great shepherd, is concerned. And I'm preaching to you this morning, a good under shepherd should also be concerned. And people put up defenses and said, leave me, that's the way I am. We are not going to leave you. You must grow. And the church provided that platform. Despite the weakness that you can I mean, you can see the church of Jesus. You can list out the weaknesses. But the truth is that in the midst of those weaknesses, people's lives are still changing. The hope is coming to the hopeless. The lost are found. The sick are healed. So, growing spiritually in our intimacy with God, that's the benefit of attending church. One benefit of attending church regularly. Second, you are batting a stronger connection to a community. If you are in a church, that's what happens. You are batting a strong connection to a community. I mean, I, I, I've met people before, even here. I met people before, he said, oh, immediately the grace is made. They just dash. They don't talk to anyone. It doesn't, they say, oh, when you engage people, they say, see, this church problem, I don't want it. You can't say that to your family. You can't say, uh, this family, my brothers and my sister, I disown all of you. I don't want your wahala again. No, you can't say that. You need to build connection. You need to build a community. You need you need. I saw, an, I woke up to an invitation on my phone this morning. Another invitation of that same, because I didn't respond, has dropped. You don't, you make deposit for you to be able to make withdrawals. Belong to a community. And it shows, in case you don't know, it shows. When you are having naming, how many people show up? When you are having wedding, how many people show up? Before you preach that love message to all of us. It shows. Jesus had time to go for wedding. So create time. Everybody is also busy like you are. 
Create time to attend other people's function. Build a community. Sometimes all the things we go to separate, go to Oriokay, whatever, to pray for, the answer is the person sitting next to you. I understand there was a time they were holding prayer meeting in the National Stadium here. And then someone went, sat, and a person, a young man, who is just out of school looking for a job, he was praying. So the person said, had him praying, that Lord, just provide this job for me. He said, see, just, the man just brought out his card and gave him, see me in my office on Monday. Let God answer our own prayer. <laughs> because sometimes, what looks big, people are answered to your prayers. Though. So you have to connect. You have to connect. You have to connect. You have to connect. So you bat a stronger connection to a community. Not because something bad is going to happen. But there is just joy in knowing people. There is joy in being a blessing to people. There is also joy in them being a blessing to you. Number three. These are proven things. So I'm not speaking heresy. If you belong to a church community, you will experience less, less anxiety and depression. Confirmed. It's just like you are reading, you are getting to read the Bible by yourself, or you are hearing it preach or taught. It's less anxiety and less depression. I don't know where you are. But in my village, I've never heard that somebody is depressed. That's the truth. They can't read the Bible, but they hear. They have connection with people in their community. Somebody will ask them, how are you today? Ah, we've not seen this person. Somebody will go to farm, coming back, drop something. They are not, they are not common diseases in the villages. Because they live with peace of mind. So if you belong to a church community, there is less anxiety and less depression. Like, for example, you can't talk to anybody in this room. The person knows what is going on in Nigeria. So that calms you down. It calms you down. You know that you are not in this thing alone. You live in the same city. So if anxiety is as a result of school fees, the person can calm you down. Bro, calming down, calming down. You don't want your BP to rise. Don't worry. That in itself, the Bible says anxiety hmm, of heart brings depression, but a good word makes it glad. Proverbs 12, 24. Number four, you experience better family relationship. If you belong to a local church, even if your marriage is in trouble, when you see some people, even if you think that they are pretending, you can't pretend for long. You can see other family. And you can also be inspired to make yours better. I spoke to someone in this last week. I, I, I told the person, I said, see, if you mess up with this marriage, you are your own. I said, because you are given the privilege to be married. Not everybody in our world will be married. Not everybody. I, I told them straight up. I said, so sit up. No fall God's hand. No fall our hands. 
I didn't know that touched him. The person responded to me yesterday. He said that statement. He said, even more than ever before, I will work to make my marriage work. You can only hear that in church. You can only hear that in church. And I have an amen this morning. So, let's go. Number five, you will experience healthier life connections. Healthier, healthier, healthier. I understand that some people can be cheeky in church. I understand that. But most of the time, people are genuine. I know that some people in church, not here, but church globally, people can talk about other people. But hey, you will have healthier, genuine relationship. If you are how to build one, that's what you get. That's what you get. Praise God. I said praise the Lord. Uh, let me rush. So, what does the church actually help us to do? To grow our character before the Lord. We grow our character. We grow our character. There is, the church attendance isn't a quick fix for life's problem. I know that that's, you probably see that. So, if I have problem, I know where to go for prayers. Just to fix that problem. Church is much more than that. If I have, um, if I feel people are running after me from the village, I know where to go for deliverance. Church is much more than that. Even though you will experience deliverance. Well, that's not for quick fix. I am broke. And they are doing prosperity seminar. Back to back in a place. So I just go. Church is much more than that. Fine. God will fix that. But when he fixes that for you, what becomes of your intimacy, your relationship with him? Praise God. I said praise the Lord. What am I saying? Every believer needs accountability. Every believer needs accountability. Every believer. All those excuses we give, please, they are not tenable. I am busy. I am busy. I am busy. Everybody is busy, but he who watches over you is not busy. Let him withdraw his mercy for a second. Can I show you the example in that mercy? Because I've experienced it once. I couldn't go to the toilet. And you feel that you are pressed. Within five minutes, I was sweating. So I just had a, an inspiration in my heart. Go drink water. And I did. My body said, you know, when you, are, you become very anxious. And in the bit to do what you want to do, you won't be able to do it. So the water calmed me down. Over some few minutes, I was able to break through. <laughs> Accountability. It's very important, though. I'm scared as a pastor. I'm scared. If I have a church member and there is an issue and I can't talk to that church member, I'm scared. And I'm asking who can talk to this person and nobody seems, ah, they say, no, they hear what though. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. It's like a sheep that is lost. You know, they hear whistle of the shepherd. I'm scared. I'm scared when I have issues. Business issues that you are resolving for people. And I'm asking, who is the mentor? Who can help us relate to this person? On the, uh, they said, no, now Ghana master. 
Even when Papa no feel anything. I'm scared. Every believer needs accountability. At whatever spheres of life, at work, you need people you are accountable to. In your spiritual community, you need people. You can't practice Esau Christianity. You can't practice one chance Christianity. No. It's not. Even God doesn't do that. I mean, your intimacy with him, you grow from strength to strength, from faith to faith, from victory to victory. God doesn't do shortcuts. God doesn't get himself in poncy Christianity. Bring one naira in another two hours, you get 25 naira. God doesn't do such things. He doesn't. Where you are at the moment, the moment you respond to him, that's how he takes your hand. Line upon line, precept upon precept, he gives you understanding. He said, draw near to me, and then I will draw near to you. We need accountability. I don't, know, I don't care how good you are. I would say this, because I'm saying it with all seriousness. I don't usually say I don't care. But I don't care how brilliant you are, how creative you are. I don't, I don't care how much you know. If you are not accountable, you will soon lose all that you know. What is the conclusion today? It's two questions. Who do you know within your church family? Who? Who do you know? Another question close to that. Who are you accountable to in your church family? Don't be quick to say pastor. Who are you accountable to? Who? 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 Or are you the high priest? The Mekisedek, no family, no origin. Who? Second thing is, is like an observation. If you always avoid places where people can know you or get close to you, you need to change. Some people will never attend a church like ours. Because it's too small. Eyes will be on them. The searchlight will be on them. You can't pretend, especially around people who are serious-minded. I'm not saying we have people who have large crowds, they are not serious. But you can't pretend for too long. You can't. You can't. Uh, uh, that man, Jonah pretended, but they soon knew. They soon knew that it was the cause of their problem. So you can't. So please, I know people are, I mean, I, I read, I deliberately go on TikTok and all these places to know the mindset of people. I know people have issues against Christianity, but Jesus is still the hope of our world. Assuming there is no church in this city, you will see many mad people on, on the street to Maybe including myself. You off clothes. What gives us hope is this gospel. And sometimes we, we, we are all tempted to focus on the weaknesses of the church. No. 
Can I read something? Let's read something in closing. Let me, I don't want to go to where I want branch now. May I, may I go? Ephesians chapter 4. Let's quickly read something together. Give us verse 2. I just want to be sure that that's where we are. Give us three. Give us four. Yeah, that's where we are. So let's go to one. Can, we, can you give us in uh, TPT? TPT, please. Can we read together? One, two, three, go. This is Paulo. Paul talking to church people. He's talking to church member. Let's read. I rank. That's the way God sees us. We are not low people. We are not common men. We are not ordinary people. We are supernatural. We are not natural people. We are supernatural. We are not ordinary. In case you don't know, I want this to create a growth path in your heart. Christianity is not a fable. It's not a religion. It's not opium of the people. It's not something we do to, to be able to stay sane. It's life. A life that when we live it, it becomes contagious to other people. Please, let's read on. Given to you in your... Let's go. Can you see? As a matter of fact, can I tell you how this Christianity thing works? Because you have read this now. Today, somebody will try your patience. I mean, that's the way Christianity is. Maybe even before this service runs to an end. It's not outside that. Maybe inside that. Someone will try your patience. That's the truth. And so, what happens... When someone tries your patience, you used to react in certain way. I was saying this on, on, on Wednesday. You see, spiritual growth. You know, there are some basic things that we have. Hey, you have the Holy Spirit, so you can speak in tongues. You can be speaking in tongues and be slapping people. I hope you know that. Yeah, you can be. So, what, what determines that we are growing? So it's ability to restrain. Now that I know the truth, when there are practical instances, my ability to refrain, to refrain, to refrain, to refrain, to refrain. What did you just do, BC? Ah, no, 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 no. I know they take no sense, though. As a matter of fact, Eh? My own Christianity, no be more. And then, as a matter of fact, for you, I go put you, I go give you your size now. And your size be say, I go tell you my mind concerning this matter. 
you can't be distributing pieces of your mind to people. You can't. You can't. Because very soon you will have nothing left. You can't. Brother, sister, Christianity, that's why it's not why you. You either be living the life, or you, and if you're not living it, you can't pretend for long. Because I swear, because you are not going to live this life by your own strength. Let's read. Be faithful among you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Of divine destiny. Yeah. Let's read. Is one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Can you see? That's Christianity 101. There's no need to be looking for escagilo, escagilos. If you can't keep these simple things, there's no need to say, uh, let me teach you something you don't know in your life before. I will teach you today. The apocalypses of the acopalysis of the inner working depth of the Holy Spirit. That is not, let's do these simple words. Let's do it. Let's live it. In conclusion today, John 13. I think 34, 35. John 13, 34, 35. You know, you don't know me. I'm asking you. If you said that you know me, you are lying. Unless you live with me, you don't know me. What you see eh, is probably the best of me standing in my place of office. Ride in my car. See how I do road rage. Live in my home. See my response when I wake up in the morning. Live, live within my, I mean, go out with me. Let's do things. Let, let, I mean, that's where you know me. And that's how God works. You have to be intimate with him for you to know him. You can't just do Sunday morning service experience and say you, are, you, are, you know God. It must be 24-7. Can we read? So, hold on. Why is he giving them a new commandment? The one they've been exposed to. If you slap me, I slap you back. Slap me once, I give you double portion. That's the one that they've been exposed to. He said, but now, as I'm leaving you, a new commandment. Hey, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, we are doing away with that. A new commandment, I give you. What is the commandment, please? Pray in other tongues. No. Love each other just as much as I have loved you. He said, for when you demonstrate the same love I have for you by loving one another, everyone we know, everyone we know that you are my disciple. And didn't it manifest? It does. It did or it does or whatever. He didn't. He done that. 
When Jesus left, they realized that those men were what? Ignorant and unlearned men. So in this natural world, there is nothing that qualified us. But they cannot doubt one thing. is that they had been with Jesus. I pray that this week, we will manifest Jesus. I pray that this week, His glory will be manifest through our lives, through the works of our hands. Someone will be encouraged this week that we are believers. And someone, God will use us this week to speak a word in season to someone that is weary. In Jesus' precious name. And if you are here this morning, you are seeing this as a tall order to be observed. It means you don't have a personal relationship because nobody is saying you are going to do this thing. The Bible says in Philippians 2.13, it said God is the one who is at work in us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. You don't, you can't say that you have a personal relationship with God, and then, but you want to start one today. Or you have in the time past, but for one reason or the other, you, don't, you didn't stay faithful to that commitment. Can I see your hand up? Let me pray with you. Anyone who falls into that category? Anyone? Anyone this morning who falls into that category? I want to start a robust relationship with the Lord. Or I want to renew my commitment to the Lord. Anyone in that category? Anyone? Lord, we say thank you this morning. Thank you for this word. Thank you for the entrance of your word has given us understanding. We pray that this week will be a week of blessing, a week of grace, a week where your word manifests in our lives and through our lives. Thank you for your blessing. This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Christian Outreach Center. The Lighthouse, House 7, Plot 2, Slash 3, Kudrata Biola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. For inquiries, please log on to www.lighthousenergy.org for more.